All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number you want to be a part of the program. Now, one of the things I've been saying about Afghanistan is that this has not been an intelligence failure. I know because the CIA pulled their people out weeks and weeks and weeks ago. But I also know that they have not been shy in alerting the White House regularly about what's going to happen if they pull out during the fighting season. There are people within the Defense Department doing the same thing. Blinken just seems out to lunch, so I can't speak for him. Uh, as an example, let me play Bill Burns. He is the CIA director testifying that both al-Qaeda and ISIS remain intent on recovering the ability to attack the U.S. homeland. I'm looking at the, the potential terrorism challenge that both al-Qaeda and ISIS in Afghanistan remain intent on recovering the ability to attack U.S. targets, whether it's in the region, in the West, or ultimately in the homeland. Um, after years of sustained counterterrorism pressure, the reality is that neither of them have that capacity today, and that there are terrorist groups, whether it's al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula or in other parts of the world, who represent much more serious threats today. I think it is also clear that our ability to keep that threat in Afghanistan in check from either al-Qaeda or ISIS in Afghanistan has benefited greatly from the presence of U.S. and coalition militaries on the ground and in the air, uh, fueled by intelligence provided by the CIA and our other intelligence partners. Um, when the time comes for the U.S. military to withdraw, the U.S. government's ability to collect and act on threats will diminish. That's simply a fact. That's simply a fact. Scott Eulinger is with us, retired CIA ops officer, Russian intel operations expert. Terry Jeffrey, editor-in-chief of CNSNews.com. And I've known Terry a long time, and Terry has been pointing out himself yeah, the CIA director in April said both al-Qaeda and ISIS in Afghanistan remain intent on recovering their ability to attack U.S. targets. And that great trustworthy Taliban, one of the first acts they uh, did was allow all of these terrorists in jail, ISIS or ISIS-K, al-Qaeda and others to be released. Hence the attacks on the airport. Uh, anyway, welcome back, both of you, to the uh, program. So, Terry, you're, you're agreeing with me that. Well, first of all, I've had multiple sources confirming the CIA pulled their people out six, seven weeks ago. They got them out. They, yeah, they've no, they, not they, been shy in telling Biden and the administration what's coming if they do this. They, they haven't been. And in fact, any American can go on C-SPAN and look at CIA Director Bill Burns' testimony that you just played a clip from. And when he was, this was April 14th when he said that, in the morning in the Senate Intelligence Committee, DNI Avril Haynes was sitting right next to him when he got done making his statement. He was responding to a question from Senator Susan Collins. Haynes said she absolutely agreed with him, and that was the U.S. intelligence community's assessment. So basically what he was saying is al-Qaeda is still there, ISIS is still there. Their ultimate goal is to attack the United States, even here in the American homeland. When our military has been there, they've held them in check. They've diminished them. But that's going to reverse when we leave. Okay, we're leaving. So it's going to reverse. Scott Eulinger, you still have a lot of contacts within the intelligence community. Uh, I've been critical of the 1%, but always praise the 99% that risk their lives every day for all of us. And they actually have done, a, from what I've heard from every source across the board, is they've done a phenomenal job, you know, 
basically predicting every single thing that's unfolding. That's right. But don't don't forget, Sean, that political correctness and um, this the uh, Biden disease or Obama disease has struck the CIA and has has affected the operations of the CIA for more than a decade now. So the agency is still capable, but is not as capable as it was at one time. Now, with U.S. withdrawal out of Afghanistan, of course, U.S. intelligence, especially human intelligence, is going to be basically blinded. Plus the fact the pell-mell and incompetent uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan has put us in a position of great embarrassment in all of the world. And it's going to make it that much harder for the CIA to find people who are willing to give the Americans information because we've shown ourselves to be disloyal, disorganized and incompetent under this administration. So there's nobody that's going to trust us. We, We literally broke a major promise to every ally that if this day ever came, we'd get you out. We didn't say America. We said we'd get you out. We didn't get any of them out for them. Well, we did get some out. We didn't get most of them out. That's right. And so try try recruiting an Afghani or an Iranian or a North Korean when they can point out to us, you Americans have stranded your own citizens in Afghanistan with this incompetent evacuation. Why would you care about protecting me? And so the agency is going to have a devil of a time recruiting anyone useful in the future at a time when our intel needs now are going to be even greater than ever. And then we don't know that we're vetting people on their way over on the plane. And we've already, according to reports, found over 100 people on the plane on terror watch lists uh, when they get here. Uh, I guess the question is, Terry, now that we're leaving Americans behind enemy lines, what what is the most logical thing that's going to happen now? Because well, they really well, well, the first thing is we know that the Taliban have a long term alliance with Al Qaeda. The reason we went into Afghanistan in the first place is because the Taliban had provided sanctuary to Al Qaeda in the period leading up to the nine eleven attacks. So that alliance is still there. ISIS may be a rival of Al Qaeda and an enemy of the Taliban. But as, as uh, Burns said in his testimony, they are intent on attacking the United States in the United States. And the, uh, the irony, Sean, is that in recent, year, in recent years, we had Bagram Air Force Base. We had a modest military force on the ground. We were able to prevent the Taliban from taking uh, over Afghanistan again. And we were able to continue achieving the main strategic aim of our presence in Afghanistan in the first place was to stop terrorists from using it as a base to train for and prepare and come to attack the United States. Now that we're leaving, we're abandoning that one strategic aim, and the director of the CIA is telling the Senate, hey, Al-Qaeda and ISIS, they're still there. They still want to attack us, and we remove our military, and we're going to diminish our ability to know what's going on and to prevent that from happening. That's what they were telling Biden, and Biden still went ahead and did what he did. So they're still, all they're doing is bragging about the 120,000 people they got out, but they don't even know a lot about the people that they did get out. That's point number one, and we still can't get an exact number of how many people are left behind. And they keep saying, well, any American that wants to get out. We're going to get out. Well, number one, that hasn't happened because we've got reports all over the place, Scott, of American passports being taken from people as they are stopped by the Taliban that controls the perimeter around Karzai International Airport. Okay, without without a passport, you're not going anywhere. Number two, some of the people that want to get out that aren't getting out 
are people that would be leaving their families behind. And that's just a, a bar too high for people knowing that their their life will forever be in jeopardy, as will that of their families. That's right. So not only do you have the Americans who are stranded, and there probably are more than a thousand of them, despite White House insistence on the contrary, but you also have a huge problem with legitimate Afghanis who legitimately assisted the United States during that time period. But it's because the Biden administration criminally ignored the visa issue of Afghan refugees until literally the last minute. This was something that was being discussed um, six months ago in, let's say, um, Arabic TV circles about the need to get these people out of the country. That was six months ago. The Biden administration started looking at the problem less than a month before Kabul fell. So it's just it's criminal negligence and incompetence on the governments on the on the governments. It's their fault. Why didn't they do it in April, March, April, May, June, July, as the Taliban was on the march? No one's ever asked that question. Why do they trust the Taliban? No one's asked that question. Is it fair to say, Terry Jeffries, that any American that we leave behind, which we're doing, is now a hostage to the whims of a terrorist organization? And isn't the likely outcome of that going to be very ugly as they use these hostages for leverage for whatever it is that they might want? Oh, for example, money, ransom payments. What What's next here? Well, there, there's no doubt if Americans are left behind, which it appears some will be, they, they are in a greatly vulnerable situation, and the potential jeopardy for the United States down the road is great. So the bottom line is that even, even though Joe Biden's pulling our troops out, this conflict is not over because Americans are on the ground there and because we have terrorist groups operating there who want to harm us here. And, Sean, one other thing I'll say, when you look back at the 9-11 attacks, all of those terrorists, those hijackers that got on those planes on 9-11, we had already let them into the United States. And according to the study that was done by Congress afterwards, it ended up every single one of them was violating some immigration law in the United States. But we let them stay here. We let them get American driver's license. We get let them get American planes. So I think there is a big question on how well has the Biden administration vetted the people they're bringing in from Afghanistan now? Are some of those going to be a liability that come to the United States? Are they going to be a greater threat to us here than they were in Afghanistan? That's another thing I think we have to worry about. Well, what we, you know, first of all, we haven't vetted all of them. I mean, fully vetted. I like to know what the process is. Uh, I'm hoping it's comprehensive because I have to imagine that ISIS, it would not be beyond them or Al Qaeda beyond them uh, to send over some of their fighters and and sort of mix them with the population at the airport in, in the hopes that they can build a terror cell right here in the U.S. Is that a far fetched idea? No, I don't think it is at all. And uh, I think that's one of the lessons of 9-11. So we better be very, very careful about who we're letting in and what they do when they get here. I think that's a great point. You want to add to that, Scott? Yeah, it's certainly true. The um, If you look at recent terrorist attacks in Europe, I mean, small-scale attacks um, in the past two or three years, the overwhelming majority of them are done by Afghan refugees who are allowed into places like Germany or Austria or France. So... This is a great danger, and it appears that we've learned absolutely nothing in 20 years. Because um, I did read Terry's article, and it was excellent in pointing out that every Afghan who was in this country on 9-11, if if the 
country had a normally functioning immigration system would have been kicked out of the country. And so now we're repeating the same error that brought such death and destruction 20 years ago. So at and some future date, we're, we're, it would not be, it would actually be more likely than not that we're going to hear that one of these refugees that we're taking in and, you know, getting them out of there did not necessarily mean a promise of living here. And that, that's not that's a promise right. that I'm aware of that we made. But we're going to read that somebody that we took in as a refugee now ends up being somebody that commits an act of terror down the road because we really are not vetting them the way they need to be vetted. Terry. Right. I mean, you know, for example, looking back at 9-11, Hani Hanjur, who was the pilot who flew the plane into the Pentagon in 9-11, he'd come into the United States a few times in the 1990s. When he came in again in December 2000, before the 9-11 attacks, he came in on a student visa. He didn't go. He did. No, he did no student work. He wasn't a student for a day. He just came in and he started organizing for the attacks, and we let him do that. And he was able to do the incredible damage that he did. So, you know, given the lack of due diligence and prudential planning that we saw from the Biden administration leading up to this withdrawal from Afghanistan, I think we really have to question what sort of due diligence and prudence they're going to have and who they actually let come and stay in the United States. I think Congress needs to be all over this. They need Republicans need to put pressure on the Democrats because they're going to be morally responsible if we do not make sure that we're not allowing future terrorists into this country. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, we all, all have to pay attention to this. I'll tell you right now, if we don't, we're going to pay a price. Leaving Americans behind is something that I never fathomed I'd ever witness in my lifetime. That's now happened. Uh, vetting people in the air on their way here is about as backwards as anything can get. You're not sending people to a third country for proper vetting first and then deciding where whether people are really our allies or not before letting them come in is beyond any comprehension none of this makes sense on any level anyway scott terry we appreciate you both being with us uh thanks for joining very much thank you 800-941-SEAN is our number you want to be a part of the program It's taken me 47 years to perfect doing nothing. I had to become president to show you I could do that better than anybody. Joe Biden, the most dangerous man in America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, when we come back, by the way, we'll get to your uh, phone calls. We'll also play the mumbling, bumbling, latest incoherent rant of the president from earlier today. Uh, one thing that didn't get a lot of play is, you know, so much for the Biden administration's trust of the great Taliban um, and they're upholding their agreement. And, and even when we're gone, we have faith in them, according to our secretary of state, because uh, we now have retired Green Beret Commander Scott Mann helping to lead a rescue mission to evacuate Afghan allies. Yeah, he was on Fox News today saying that the Taliban is preventing hundreds of Americans from getting inside uh, Karzai International Airport and their gates to access their flights. And he warned that as the withdrawal deadline is quickly approaching, they'll all be trapped behind enemy lines, which is what we've been telling you. Anyway, Biden's answer, incoherent, mumbling, bung, bumbling stupidity and your calls coming up next. Hannity tonight at nine. 25 till the top of the hour. So somebody sends me today one of these crazy memes all over social media uh, and it's a traffic jam. 
And, you know, they give out like these amber alerts. They put them up on these. They're not road signs. They're digital road signs. And it says amber alert, white male, 78, wandering in D.C., thinks he's the president. I'm like, wow. After listening to an incoherent, mumbling, bumbling, stumbling Joe again, just like last week, uh, it's a little frightening. It's not even funny, though, anymore. Terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K. They gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Getting every single person out is can't be guaranteed by anybody because there's a determination all who wants to get out as well. No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate? The best of you or not? Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to, I have another meeting for real. I know it's not fair to ask you questions. It's rhetorical, but raise your hand if you think we should have gone. But we need to be prepared uh, and, uh, uh, that, that that we're about as prepared as we could be, and uh, so I'm not going to turn this over to uh, uh, to John Bell, Governor Edwards uh, of Louisiana, and Governor, give us your assessment of what what you have, what you're seeing out there. Tell me what you're hearing, and what your team on the ground, and anything you need that we haven't gotten to you. And uh, is uh, is is Mayor Cantrell on? Mayor Cantrell, are are you on? I don't. I don't think she was able to get connected. I, I don't think so, Mr. President, but we have Cynthia Lee Shang. Oh, okay. That's the president of the United States of America. Wow. It's, do you see what I mean? It's, I, I can't joke about it anymore because it's not funny. It's not funny. Because now we have Americans stuck behind enemy lines of the Taliban, a terrorist organization. It's not funny because he doesn't have a clue what day of the week it is. It's not funny. People are going to die here. What happened with, with these car bombings, all preventable. These suicide bombings, rather. It was all preventable. No wonder these parents are apoplectic. I'd be apoplectic. No wonder veterans are apoplectic. How could they not be? Unbelievable. Gary is in Alabama. What's up, Gary? How are you? You guys got hit with this uh, hurricane here, too. Sean, uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for being a a voice of reason in a wasteland. Um, A question I've got for you is, how is this going to affect the morale of our military? And I'm not talking about just now, but I'm talking about down the road. You know, when I came of military age, the last thing we had to look back on was Vietnam. You had politicians who had basically tried to use it as a to advance themselves and screwed our guys over. And you're having the same thing going on now. I mean, it's ridiculous. When you're looking as far as on to replenish our military, what do you think as far as going to happen to the morale of these guys? I don't know. You know, it's funny. A lot of young people, not my own kids, but a lot of young people seem to want my advice when it comes to, you know, career planning or whatever. And I'm, you know, I always talk about find what your passion is, follow your passion. Actually, my kids do listen to me more than I more than they'd admit. 
And it, I, as somebody told me now, with Joe Biden, that you just, that we just played is going to be your commander in chief, and watching what just has been unfolding in Afghanistan, I can't in good conscience. I'd say, I don't know if this is the right time. If somebody asks me now, I've, I've always wanted to be a police officer, law enforcement. I want to, I want to help people. I, 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 I don't know if I would say follow your dream no matter what, because you can't do your job. I thought it was bad when Obama had his rules of engagement, which were atrocious. We're in the middle of a war, and then you got you know you got a checklist before you can fight back and defend yourself. It's like putting handcuffs on a soldier. So exactly, I I I how is how would morale be for me? I think well, first of all, I can tell you I know a lot of military people, but I know a lot of police officers, and. They're both aghast at what's happening in Afghanistan. The idea that we have these private groups of retired military guys that on their own raised money and flew over to Afghanistan to save people speaks volumes about them and how great they are. The greatest fighting force on the face of the earth. But as far as the leadership... I have no faith, no trust, no confidence in Joe, his generals, his secretary of defense, his secretary of state, his national security advisor, none. I have no faith in them at all. Why, why would I want to serve people that don't know what the hell they're doing? I, I, you know, why would you want to be a cop when the only way you're going to do it and survive is probably turn right when you know you should turn left and help people. It's it's exactly. it's an awful position we put people in. And then we're defunding them. And then, then we're demanding complete perfection. I'm not talking about the 1% that has no business being in that profession. I'm talking about those that, that do belong in that profession that commit to risking their lives to protect and serve others. They're all amazing people. So I don't the morale. So what morale? I don't think there is anything called morale anymore. I think, you know, I, I've talked to enough people that served in Afghanistan uh, in recent days and weeks, and, and they're flabbergasted and they're disgusted. And they keep asking the same question, and I can't answer it. Why? Why did we bother? Why did I risk my life? Why did I lose my legs? Why? And they have every right to be angry and every right to ask that question. For this, for this surrender, for leaving Americans behind, because all of them, if they could, if they if we had a real commander in chief, they'd go back tomorrow and save every American. They would not stand by and let the Dutch and the Brits and the French go in with rescue efforts behind enemy lines and take their fellow citizens out of Kabul. After Joe let the Taliban march in and take control while he was on vacation, my Tony Blinken was on vacation in the Hamptons. I don't. There's no good answer. Anyway, Gary, appreciate it. David in Michigan. David, you're on. Glad you called. Thanks, Sean. I'm just a couple of comments. Um, I'm wondering where the tough Joe Biden is that sat on the tarmac in Ukraine and demanded the we're going to get the hundred million dollars if he didn't fire the. The prosecutor investigating yeah, zero the experience hunter that's getting paid millions. Yeah. Um, you know, I played Joe Biden and I 
I've done it a lot. I played Joe Biden in 2012, 2008, 2012, 2016, and Joe Biden today. And if you can't see a discernible decline cognitively, then you're just blind. He sent me two letters saying, by the way, can you send me some stimulus money for companies here in the state of Wisconsin? We sent millions of dollars. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Now they got a new plan. Trust me, it's not going to cost you any more. Folks, follow your instincts on this one. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the, you know the thing. They put one foot in front of the other. They keep going. That's the unbreakable spirit of the people of America. That's who we are. And representatives... Uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. It's transparent. It's obvious. He's a cognitive, weak, frail mess. Today proved it. His press conference Thursday proved it. His decision here proves it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He he cannot. We can't sustain a country with somebody that is this messed up running it, because it's almost like America doesn't have a president right now. And then it's even more scary because we don't know who's pulling the strings behind there behind the scenes here. And you say, well, well Hannity, time, you're just saying that time. for purely partisan political reasons. I'm saying no. It's just. It's just an undeniable truth and observation. And the reason I don't get hit on saying it, because liberals love to take shots at me. They haven't gone after me on on me pointing out Joe's cognitive mess. Because they all see it themselves, except they protect him and act like they don't see it. They all know. They're not blind. They may be partisan. They may be hacks. They may be stupid. You know, at times some of them are pretty stupid, but they're not that blind. They can see it. No, well, it's very evident, uh, you know, yesterday when he was doing the transfer ceremony and at the end he went and looked at his watch to see what time it was to see if he could go back to sleepy time. And I think uh, it's time yeah. that, that we get uh, back to pride of our country and it's not about a party and it's time to invoke the 25th Amendment and send them packing. All I can say is if this was Donald Trump and Donald Trump looked at his watch, boy, it would be the biggest controversy in the world. No doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Good call, David. Tony in Texas. Tony, you're up on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, thanks, Sean. I appreciate you taking my call. And before I say anything, I have to tell you, my grandma, Kathy, watches you every night. She loves you and said to say hi. Hey, Kathy, I Um, love you. Thank you. How old's Kathy? (laughs) Uh, She's in her 80s. Wow, good for her. She watches your show every single night. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to ask you about why so many people are so quick to trust the Taliban when I first heard that they condemned the bombing at the airport, I was surprised, but I did my own research. And when I saw the actual quotes that came out, nothing said anything about our soldiers being killed. It talked about the Afghan people and for good reason. But the only mention of the United States was that we were responsible for that part of the airport where security was. So you can already see where they're starting to point fingers at us. I don't know why we're trusting them. Well, I think you raise a good point. And I think that 
remember, they're the ones that let all these terrorists out of prison. We had thousands right. of them released by the Taliban. So you can't tell me that the Taliban is serious about not aligning with Al Qaeda, ISIS K, the new, the new, I guess, rendition of ISIS, and and other this the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan will now be a terror haven, a safe haven for terrorists. Leon Panetta is probably not wrong. At some point, when we see, and our intelligence shows us that they're preparing for the next attack, assuming our intelligence community continues to do the good job they've been doing, they weren't wrong about what happened here, then at some point somebody's going to have to strike. I don't know if it'll be Joe or whoever is in his place. Yeah, and you already see where, you know, the the recent airstrike that blew up the car that had the explosives, there was a report of a uh, 25-year-old journalist student over there who's a citizen who's already saying he doesn't know if he can trust the United States because of he had family members that were killed. So you can already see that they're trying to turn the citizens against us again. They won't have a lot of trouble. Could you imagine right. being one of our allies trapped behind enemy lines, knowing that they have a database and biometrics to back up if you supported the United States over the last 20 years? How do you think you're feeling today? Oh, man, I'd be terrified. I would... Be You'd angry. be Adam shifting in your them. pants. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. You know. All right, my friend. Terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken... <clears throat> An attack by a group known as ISIS K. <clears throat> they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Getting every single person out is can't be guaranteed by anybody because there's a determination all who wants to get out as well. All right, that's going to wrap things up. But today, well, a full coverage of all that is happening now, less than 24 hours. Joe going along with the deadline of the Taliban uh, will have full coverage, uh, including we'll talk to Gold Star fathers that lost loved ones. Lara Logan, who's been all over this and knows the area very, very well. Ari Fleischer, Eric Trump, Kaylee McEnany, Dan Crenshaw and Mike Huckabee. So set your DVR tonight, Hannity, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. God help all of our American families stuck behind enemy lines in Afghanistan.